Well, hey, friends, happy November and welcome back to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's at work in our mess. Because that's what I want to remember. No matter what's going on in the world, in my life, in my home, God is bigger. God is sovereign. God is present. God is faithful. Even when things both huge and small feel complicated and overwhelming and like it's just too much. He is working in ways that we can't even see. And we can cling to what Jesus told his disciples in John 16, 33, that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So if we haven't yet had a chance to meet, my name is Jen Jewell, and I get the honor of hosting this faith-fueled conversation style podcast, which unleashes a brand new hope-filled conversation on the first Tuesday of every month. And y'all, The Messy Table is partnered with the women of my church, Life Church, where we are also huge fans of the YouVersion Bible app, God's Word, literally in our back pockets for free, which is amazing because we truly believe that it's the greatest story on earth and the actual hope of the world. So no matter where you're coming from, no matter your story, we are genuinely grateful you're here and thankful for this space where we can learn and grow. And so if you've been here before, you know we like introducing you to real, incredible women from all over who love Jesus, who've been empowered to live out His story in their everyday lives, and whose life and story might also encourage you in your everyday life and story. And personally, I am pumped because today's guest will definitely do just that. Leslie Graham is a ray of sunshine who I would also say is an expert on all things home and lifestyle and renovation. She has an eye for cozy, a knack for restoring things, and a gift for seeing beauty in unexpected places. Her super cute family and their design projects have been featured in places like HGTV and Country Home Magazine. And yes, she is absolutely inspirational. But what's fun is that she loves getting to share the journey and the backstory with us, with you online on Instagram. Leslie and her husband and their two girls are currently transforming 35 acres in Georgia. But of course, renovation and life doesn't ever come without some behind the scenes mess because pretty much everything is a process and a journey. Y'all, this is such a refreshing conversation full of so many great reminders. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair and join me for a chat with Leslie. All right. Well, Leslie, I'm so excited to have this conversation. So welcome to The Messy Table. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. I'm so excited to be here. Okay. Something that I do sometimes is that I love to meet random people whenever we're on vacation. And years ago, I think it was like 2016, Leslie and I and our families, we were both at the beach staying in the same neighborhood in Florida at the same time. And so every day we were like, you know, you have all your beach gear just all set up right by each other. And I was just like, oh my gosh, they are absolutely darling. She was so (laughs) personable and just friendly. And anyway, we got to know each other. Then we, we became friends on Instagram and I've followed you ever since. And you're just so inspirational and this is fun. Oh my gosh, Jim. We felt the same way about you guys. And I agree that meeting people at the beach is so fun. And it's been so fun to stay in touch and see your family grow. And it's so fun that our kids are all about the same age. And so we, I feel like have been doing 
life together, even from afar, even though we haven't been from afar. <laughs> yes. I just pulled up a picture of our oldest girls. I say that like I have two girls um, of my oldest and your oldest daughter at the beach in this little orange boat. Yes. And I don't know, it's just so funny. Um, my husband makes fun of me because I think it was maybe our 10 year anniversary. We went to the beach and I made friends with our barista in Mexico. Yeah, that's a good friend. <laughs> we also are friends on Instagram. So, you know, it's just kind of fun to meet people from all over when you're in a different city. I totally agree. I love it. Okay. Well, as we dive in, we would just all love to know who you are, who you love, what you're all about. Just kind of give us some highlights of Leslie. Okay. So my name is Leslie and I'm married to Sam, who is a leather worker. He sort of left corporate America and that's what he does now. And it's been really cool. He's done a lot of stuff for movies and he just did a market and I have been blogging since I was pregnant with Matilda. So since 2008. Mm -hmm. And so we have two girls, Matilda, who's 15 and Phoebe is turning 11. And we just uprooted from my hometown of 40 years, the year I turned 40, we moved to the middle of nowhere and we've been <laughs> renovating 35 acres. Yes, you have. That is us in a nutshell. Some beautiful land, by the way, with like, Thank I mean, you. it has the coolest stuff on it, like a church and a several houses. Yes. So there's two houses, a church, a party barn, a regular barn and something I'm sure I'm forgetting, but it, it's a lot. <laughs> okay. So what is your overall vision for this? So it's been so interesting and it's evolved so much because when we first bought the property, we really thought we were going to turn it into kind of a income property place that people could come and visit. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we got in and we started to realize how much work was actually going to go into this, we knew that we needed to be here full time. Okay. And then we decided that we loved it and we needed to live here. So now our vision is we want to be able to bring people along, which is why we, you know, share online, but then we also would eventually love to host people here. And we're still sort of praying through that, what that looks like. Ah, uh, yeah. Your vision doesn't have to be completely clear, yeah. but man, it's so beautiful. And you guys have already, the things that you've done with it already are so fun. And I do love that you share online because then people like me get to follow along and be inspired. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk a lot more about some of that in just a second. But so your husband, he does a bunch of leather work. What type of things does he normally make? So he really, he lost both of his parents the year that Matilda was born. And that was an incredibly hard season. And he needed something to sort of heal and grieve. I don't know. So he needed to do something with his hands. He's always been super creative and crafty and talented. And he picked up leather as sort of a hobby and he did it for, gosh, I want to say 10 years while he was working full-time for a big hotel company. Mm -hmm. And then he would just do it at night. And then he started really getting into like cowboy holsters. So like these vintage, very elaborate holsters. He has a very loyal clientele. It's very niche. <laughs> it would have to be. Yeah. And you said like used in some movies and different things. Yes. So he had a request for something um, to be made from Zombieland. So he did a replica of a Zombieland holster and sold it. And um, we got worried because the props guy from the movie reached out to Sam and we thought we were going to get in trouble. We thought we had violated some sort of copyright. Oh. Or, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And he asked Sam if he'd be interested in making more of them. That's cool. For the sequel. That's so unique. Yes, it's really cool. And then because he did that, uh, we really love the guy 
that he was working with because he did that. He sort of got into that world and he just recently did a movie called ghosted with, um, you know, I can't ever remember this guy. Well, he's in the Avengers. I'm going to be Chris no help. Evans. Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm no help. No Same. help. So it's been cool. So one thing I love about what your family is doing, and even before you moved to this 35 acres, you guys have always kind of been restoring things, right? Like it is a passion. You've remodeled, you've flipped things, you've restored other houses before. Am I right? Yes. So my parents have always hated it growing up, which is the irony of all of this. We, yeah. They would flip and we'd move every two years. So mm-hmm. that's how they made money growing up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll never do this to my kids. And um, somehow it happened. You know, we renovated a house, loved it. The market was great. So we sold it. And then we built, which is a totally different animal. Mm-hmm. And so this is our third big project. But here we've already, you know, renovated the small cottage and then the main house. So and the church. And the church. Yes. I'm like, I feel like you've done a lot. I love, though, being able to just watch you guys restore because we all live a good restoration story, right? Whether it's, you know, restoring a home or a relationship or whatever it is. Yes. And it just makes me think about how God has empowered us, you know, to be co-laborers, co-creators, to curate beauty in this world, Yeah, just bringing some order to the chaos. And that's what you guys are doing. And so it's super fun to see. And I would love to hear a little more about just the mess that inevitably comes before you can have that beauty. There's the mess. There's the gunk. There's, you know, I'm sure a bunch of chaos, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, you're remodeling a home or projects or parenting. Yeah. All of it. I've been thinking about that a lot because I think, you know, people can see the finished product and gloss over the heart that it takes to get there. Exactly. We had um, a video and someone left a comment that how does it feel to be living my dream life? My first thought was, well, that's nice of her to say, but also it's really hard. (laughs) Yeah. Is what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. People just see the highlights, you know, but Mm -hmm. it was really hard. We ripped our kids away from all of their friends and our family. And we were really very isolated and really unaware of our surroundings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know how to say, you know, it takes so long to figure out it just silly things like where do we go to get coffee and yeah. you know where are we going to create these sort of fun moments to get us away from all the dust and mud and chaos mm-hmm. how far away are you from where you were before so an hour exactly okay yeah and so in the beginning we found ourselves there a lot it was like we just couldn't quite rip that band-aid and i think that made it harder mm-hmm. and so i just I, I thought about this I know we'll talk about some of these things later, but just to encourage people that it does get easier, but you have to go through the hard when Mm -hmm. you're making a big change, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for us, not only were we renovating, which we've done before, but this time we were renovating without the support system, without Mm. the conveniences, without the creature comforts, right? (laughs) We were living in a really gross 900 square foot lightly rehabbed linoleum floored cottage. (laughs) Um, I mean, we're talking a little paint, which makes a world of difference, but it was a lot. And it was a lot of togetherness in that tiny house during the winter. And then, you know, I always, it always takes me back to God with seasons because 
it always feels like winter is never going to end. Yes. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) you know, start seeing those little green buds. There's that hope on horizon. And that's kind of what the whole experience felt like. It felt like a very long winter that was really not pretty and very brown. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you bring up such a good point of just the highlight reel. We often see the finished product or something that's been photoshopped, or we see someone's kids who they've already gone through some of the little hard moments and they are blooming, but man, they've gone through a lot to get there. And so it's such a good reminder that these things just don't happen magically by themselves. No, it was very refining in every way. And for our kids too, you know, Sam actually homeschooled. We'd never thought we'd do homeschool in a million years. And we quickly realized that we couldn't do it all, which Mm -hmm. is humbling as parents. They weren't getting what they needed. And so this year, you know, we did enroll them in in school. And so. Very good. And that's another thing too, is that things are always, always changing. And I don't think I like change, Jen. (laughs) I struggle. Ironically. After telling you that we did all this because I was in the same place for 40 years. It's not like I was moving all over the place. It was like within two miles, each house. Right. And so I think that's been a big lesson that I've had to learn is that things are always changing Mm. and nothing's permanent, even if it feels like it is. And anytime you feel like you finally, okay, we never arrive, right? But anytime you feel like you finally, like we're at a pretty good spot right here, right now, then (laughs) the next day it's changing. It is so true. Gosh, it's humbling. It's good though. And I think, you know, something that I've tried to teach the girls is that when you live in the same place for your whole life and you know, all the same people and you know where everything is and it's comfortable that you really don't get the chance to expand, you know? Mm -hmm. And I wish that every single child could be new, the new kid, Mm -hmm. just to know what that's like. Yes. Because it is so hard. And I'm like, this is going to give you guys so much compassion for people. hundred percent. Because they've been through it. It's been hard. Right. Right. I know you can't really speak for them, but what have you seen fruit come out of it? Um, I really think the biggest fruit has been how close they became during Mm. the process. And this was a sweet gift from God because their age difference is four and a half, you know, almost five years. And they were never supposed to go to school together. Like mm-hmm. when Phoebe was going into kindergarten, Matilda was supposed to go into sixth grade or they were at different schools. I'm sorry. They're at different schools. So are they four so. grades apart? Um, I think that's right. So Phoebe's in fifth and Matilda's in ninth. That's right. So yes. Four grades apart, but they were going to different schools in elementary school. Matilda went to like a STEM school, which was very cool, but it was just third through fifth. So they would have never gone to school together and they had three years of homeschool together where they became super close and they kind of only had each other. And I just think, gosh, how different would their relationship be if we had just carried on, mm-hmm. you know, business as usual. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty sweet. That's been a probably my favorite thing to come from it. Love it. Okay. So other than restoring, I just have to bring up, I mean, you do a lot of cool stuff, but one thing that you've been doing recently is you've been doing this 30 day nurturing your home series, which has been super um, (laughs) convicting and inspiring all at the same time. (laughs) And I've joined you in a couple of days, like, okay, I need to declutter my fridge or I forget what all the other things are, but I've actually made a mental note. Like this is going to be perfect for the first of the year. I think I'm going to go back and do like a whole 30 days of basically 
basically you're going through and what you are calling it, nurturing your home, because we all have busy lives and all of a sudden you look up and you feel super overwhelmed. It's kind of little things that build and suddenly you're just like, everything's gross and (laughs) everything needs attention and I don't have time. Yes. So how's that been? You know, if you looked around my house right now, you'd be like, you've been doing what kind of series? Um, Because we had such a busy weekend and you just realize it never stops. Again, talk about never arriving. Your house is never going to be perfect. Yes. And we don't have any help. uh, Not, I mean, plenty of people don't, but I think we would just let it get to the point of just really disgusting. And then you're like wasting your entire weekend. I know. And that's depressing. And then the kids, you know, that battle of just like clean your room, you know, all of it. Yes. It was just really a headache. My son had a friend stay the night like a week and maybe two days ago. Because typically, you know, they had made a big pallet. There was a bunch of video game stuff out. And I was just like, hey, I need you to pick that up. Doesn't have to be right now, but it needs to be soon. Well, it just kept staying there all week (laughs) this week. And I refused because my tendency is just, I'll just take five minutes and it'll all be up. But I'm like, no, he needs to do it. So it stayed there for a week and two days until it finally went up. And I'm like, ah. So, you know, we're always looking for better systems to kind of, I guess, do what God commanded in the beginning, which is to work it and keep it right. It's the keep it part. That's the hardest. The keep it part. I love that. Yes. And I'm with you. I love that January idea. I may kind of revisit that myself because as we get into the holidays, I know it's just going to get nuttier and nuttier, but Sam and I have been talking a lot, speaking of the kids about letting that go too. I mean, I love that you had the, the willpower to not say anything because we don't want all of our conversations to be nagging. And we realized that that was really, really happening. I know. Oh, oh, totally. Yeah. Mostly. And honestly, I don't know that we can avoid it. No, completely altogether. But one thing Derek and I have been talking about a lot is just like, not nagging, but just like, Hey, yeah, you can totally go, you know, to this football game. As long as these things are done that we said you need to have done. And if they're not, no big deal. You don't have to go, Yes, but we're not going to like keep saying it over and over. I think that's the winning strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my point of bringing that up is it's just so encouraging. I think to see you like in your real life, in your real clutter going, okay, I need to manage this and, you know, keep everything not perfect, but just under control so we can thrive and enjoy the life that we actually have. Yeah. I really think all of our mental health is better when things are that way. Yeah. You know, when there's just that daily upkeep, And that makes me happy that it was, you know, motivating because that was the goal is to motivate myself by doing it. Yes. Right. You had some (laughs) accountability. Yes. Accountability. And I'm like, if anybody else benefits from this, thank you, Lord, because it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you had said, I'm doing this 30 day, (laughs) like nurturing your home. So now I got to keep going. So Mm -hmm. I had never done 30 days of reels. I've had a lot of friends, you know do these different series and different things like that. And it has been hard to do well to make all those videos and not stop. I would think of that because I'm like, oh, you switched angles. You had to move the camera. Like that's a lot of work. And I'm sure you have a decent editing system, but it's just a lot. So yeah, it takes about three times as long, you know, when you're filming, just like, you know, with podcasting, it's the same. Yep. There's always the behind the scenes. And that's what we have to remember whenever we look at someone's Instagram or when we look at any 
project or home or something that is just so beautiful, it has been curated. It has taken intentional time to make that happen. And so it's something we have to remember. I follow some of these incredible designers way beyond out of my league. Incredible. And you read their captions and they're like, we've been working on this beach house and it's something unbelievable in Alice Beach or whatever for three years. Mm. And I'm like, Oh yes. my gosh. Like, you know, it didn't just appear. Exactly. <laughs> and incredible. we, see, but the problem is we see the before and after video in like 30 seconds and we think, right. why can't I have that? I totally agree. Okay. So real quick, when it comes to nurturing your home, because I know sometimes I can get super overwhelmed with like, we want to have a cozy, warm, inviting home, but then in the chaos of life, it can get super out of control. I feel like my bedroom is always the last thing to go. Do you have any tips for everyone (laughs) on how to just like keep things in order? Yes. (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm certainly not a pro at this, but I get so overwhelmed also. Um, I get very overwhelmed by my laundry chair, which is also in my bedroom, which just piles and piles and piles. And <laughs> I don't even know what's on there right now. Mm-hmm. And so when I get like this, I have found the power of the 15 minute timer to be not only motivating, but once I start, I don't even always want to stop once the timer goes off, but it's like, I just need that kick in the rear to get going. Mm-hmm. And then even if you don't finish and the timer goes off, it's 15 minutes better than it was. Before. You've made progress. <laughs> <laughs> So that's my little, little tip. That's good. Kind of makes me think of another topic of just like, how do you find contentment knowing that like, yes, I want to do my part to take care of the things that God has given me and be grateful and all of that. Yeah. Um, But there's always something else out there that, oh, I could do Mm -hmm. this better, or this could be more amazing, or I could be more amazing. So how do you find contentment in the everyday? I actually feel like when we moved out here, that was one of the hidden gems that God laid for me to find because I spent my thirties chasing Mm. like success projects, making a name for myself, which never happened. None of those things. And so I kept thinking, if I just try a little harder, Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I just work a little harder mm-hmm. and something in me broke, I don't know if it was COVID. I don't know if it was turning 40, whatever it was, it was just like, I am exhausted. Mm-hmm. I don't have it in me to do this. And I think God just showed me the lack of importance of all of those things. Like I don't have a fancy car, but it's covered in dirt all the time. Right. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm on a gravel road as well. So it's constant, yes. constant dust. You know, and just all the things I prioritized before, you know, designer clothes or going to the latest place, it all just sort of faded away. And I think I also didn't realize kind of the influence living in the community I was in, which is a dream. And it looks right out of Hallmark. It's this beautiful town, but there's a lot of keeping up with the Joneses Mm -hmm. and it was constant. And so when I moved away from all of that, when no one can see you and no one can see your car and no one can see what you're doing, granted, we share things online, but there was nothing pretty to share for almost two years. Really? You just realize that none of it matters. And I'm trying to teach my girls that I have a fifth grader and all of the girls at her school wear Lululemon. Oh, girl, same battle here. Where do you go from there? <laughs> the sticks. I'm like, what? Yeah. And I, I, you know, I told, I told her because she felt like that was important, and I get it. That 
it wasn't going to change how she felt Mm -hmm. and it wasn't going to make her a better person. And something I'm really trying to teach my girls right now. And it's hard because my job is online and they're very interested in YouTube and all these other social media things, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, get really good at something and figure out what you like, you know, like I want my girls to have interests other than just being pretty or wearing the latest brands. And to be fair, I'm sure we had our own brand of that when we were growing up too. We wanted the Doc Martin, at least we're close to the same age, the Doc Martens, the Abercrombie. I remember the no fear shirts, (laughs) like (laughs) what else was there? But there's always that. It just seems like the stakes are higher, but I guess, I guess Abercrombie and Lululem are about the same. Back then, I feel like they were like t-shirts. Yep. So maybe that feels different, but okay. So take us a little deeper and you've already hit on just so many great things that are so relatable that I think we all can be striving after one thing or another. I don't even want to say struggling, but just being human. Mm -hmm. If someone's listening and they're a parent, especially like being a mom, just trying to figure out how to like raise and nurture and love these little humans who are becoming grown people, like real people, mm-hmm. um, and pass on the things that we've found over the years to be important. And sometimes, you know, they don't care <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> so take us a little deeper, just something that God has taught you in a mess and you found that still he's there, still he's faithful. I think that I used to struggle a lot with perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And I think that God has showed me over and over and over again that no one has it all together. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's been a situation in our family that's been really difficult um, with a family member that's struggling with mental health. And Mm -hmm. I found myself so frustrated with them and so angry with them. And I realized that all of that pressure I was putting on myself that I also was extending that lovely gift to the people in my life of just having really high expectations of people. Mm. And I think that God has shown me that even though we have key people in our life that we love and adore, that ultimately my relationship with him is the most important. And it's what sustains me Mm -hmm. because I think we can be like, well, if I had this relationship, then I would be okay. If my husband was more like this, then I wouldn't be so messed up. You know, it's so easy to look around and play the blame game or, you know, if I had grown up rich, then I would have this life or whatever. And I think that sometimes our biggest challenges are really the biggest gift because they end up creating suffering in our life, which makes us more like Jesus and (laughs) None of us want to suffer, Mm -hmm, right? (laughs) Most of us would love to avoid that at all costs, but it's honestly been the biggest gift to me to suffer. I think that I've really been humbled and it's given me a lot of compassion for people who are not lovable, you know, because you just never know what people have going on behind the scenes. Oh, exactly. Yeah. What is it that's, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of things, but what is it that is super difficult in that relationship with your family member with mental health? I think just that they're, I can't rely on them at all, you know? Yeah. And it's a close relationship and they've also really struggled with behavior that has been very disturbing. And so it's, it's really hard when you have someone that should be a safe person that's lashing out Mm -hmm. and angry and sending texts that are very disturbing and, it's heartbreaking. I think I've had to grieve a lot of what I wish that I had Mm -hmm. in that relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, 
And it sounds like that relationship probably affects not only you, but your whole family as well. My whole family. Yeah. In a very, very big way. And so, you know, it's been sweet because I have a lot of hard in my life, but God has given me a lot of easy with my husband and Mm -hmm. just, he's restored a lot of just lack of consistency in my life with consistency and what I needed that I didn't get, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's been really amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I know it's not always easy for him, but I'm so grateful for that. What a gift. I remember being around y'all. I mean, again, just for that week at the beach and he definitely had a very like soothing, calming, like simplistic way about him. Yeah. He's the best. He's like (laughs) over there working away right now, but it's wonderful when you have strong men in your life that are also sensitive. Mm -hmm. I love that combination, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a big gift and we've walked through a lot together. We lost both of his parents and my parents got divorced for the second time from each other. From So and, they were, got divorced, got remarried and then got divorced again. Uh, yes. Okay. And so that all happened within a year of each other with oh. a newborn. So <laughs> it was really trial by fire, but similar to the girls becoming close through homeschool, I really feel like Sam and I just bonded immediately because we were kind of like it for a while, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all gotten better for the most part, but yeah. And I think the biggest gift for me in growing up in sort of a broken home and having, you know, really tumultuous sort of last 15 years is that Sam and I have been able to create what we never had with each other. Mm-hmm. And that is the biggest gift. And I wouldn't appreciate it the way that I do if I didn't know what something different was like, you mm-hmm. know? So you mentioned, I can't remember if it was before we were recording or if we had already started, but you talked about how you turned 40 a couple of years ago yeah, and how that was like a super big milestone in your life. It was. And so I'm curious, how do you feel like you are different now than you were Mm -hmm. say 10, 15, 20 years ago. So 42. So I'm two years into this decade. And let me tell you, it is the (laughs) next level. But again, it's like, was it the move? Was it the Reno? Was it 40? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But it sounds like you feel more comfortable with yourself. Yes. The biggest gift in your forties is that you stop tolerating what you have let control you. You know, whether that's caring about what people think, you just get to a point where you realize it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter how loving you are. You could be the juiciest peach and people still don't like peaches. So (laughs) it's like, we're done with that. We're done with that. And I also think um, another gift of turning 40 was seeing how fast time is going. Yeah. And just a lack of interest in wasting it, Mm -hmm. whether that's with the wrong friendships, you know, my circle's gotten a lot smaller since I've turned 40. Um, You know, and I think I had a lot of acquaintances in my thirties and a lot of people who I kind of gave a little more weight in my life than I probably should have. And that's, you know, learning lessons, you know, cause I'm real open-hearted. I love meeting people, but I think especially too, when you're online and this goes for anybody, I don't care if you have you know, three friends or followers or whatever you want to call those people online, or you have millions, 
there's this temptation to kind of feel like you have to keep up with everyone because you kind of see what's going on with their, in their life. And I know everyone handles this differently, but for me, it was like, Oh no, my fifth grade friends, dad died. Like, I mean, I really like, I haven't talked to her in 20 years, but like it affects me. And I'm like, what's my role here? You know, I put all this Well, you care about people and you're a people person and that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but it had overrun its boundaries. Yeah. And I feel like I was trying to be everything to everyone Mm -hmm. in my twenties and thirties. And then I realized, okay, my family's suffering because of this. Yeah. And my kids are going to be out of the house. I mean, my will be out of the house in four years. It makes my stomach flip and not. Same. I just, my priorities got really strong. Mm-hmm. And I think that disappoints people when you're unwilling to, to do the things you've always done. Yeah. But at a certain point, you realize that God knows the full story and they'll get over it. Mm-hmm. And I've had to like really tell myself that like with my voice, with, <laughs> Leslie, it's going to be okay. With my actual they will voice. get over it. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't like disappointing people. I really don't. Oh, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. I'm definitely a recovering people pleaser and still struggle with it. But I'm with you. I feel like as I've gotten older, I have gotten more comfortable with just what I'm capable of. Like, yes, your capacity, my capacity and knowing, like you said, okay, but if I say yes to this thing that I'm going to miss a weekend of games and family time or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, and sometimes that's okay, but sometimes that's not what I want. And something that I've actually been practicing doing for a little bit now is whenever I feel that, like actually just had to do this this week. Um, I had to tell someone that I couldn't commit to something that they were wanting me to commit to. And um, they were pretty persuasive. So I just said it like, I hate to disappoint you. I hate disappointing people, but I just can't. And I'm so sorry. And I think sometimes even just saying it, then they'll say, oh no, I totally respect, you know, your boundaries and all of that. I'm proud of you. Because at first just saying why I couldn't do it, they were kind of telling me, but why I should. (laughs) And so just saying like, calling it out, I'm so sorry to disappoint you, but I just can't commit to this. I love that. I feel like one of my favorite books that I've read on this topic was The Best Yes by Lisa Turkers. I don't know if you've read that one. So good. Yes, so good. I should read it again. Same. But it's like every time you say yes to something, you say no to something else. And that has really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So throughout just this life journey, which we're all on and, you know, we're all... building the plane while we fly it. Oh my gosh. Yes. We're all learning constantly. What have you learned? Cause I know you're a strong believer. What have you learned about God's character that has really sustained you? His faithfulness, I think over and over again, and just knowing that I may not like his timing. Oftentimes I don't Jen. Um, <laughs> Same, but that he, he is faithful and that he knows more than I do about the situation. And I feel so completely free in that thought. And Mm -hmm. I feel so much peace in that thought because I think for a long time that I really, if I'm honest with myself, thought I knew better. Sure. (laughs) I I hear you. (laughs) We have the same issues, you and I. (laughs) Yes. It's like being a child and just thinking that you know more than your parents. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, they were right. Like just this feeling of surrender, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and trusting God because He's shown us over and over again, even in just little ways of 
gosh, getting the loan for this property was such a hassle. And I think after it went through, I looked back and went, oh, maybe God was trying to tell us we weren't supposed to do this. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it was so hard. But just he truly, I can think of very little things that haven't been answered yet, Mm -hmm. but I do believe that they will be answered. But almost always he has shown us the way. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for that. Right. I struggle with that all the time. Like, did I make the right choice or should I have made this? And one thing that I have to tell myself, preach to myself is just that God isn't surprised. He's outside of time. He knew the decision I was going to make, whether it was right or wrong. And if I'm seeking to honor him, or even if there's times that I'm not like he is a redeeming God and he goes before us. And, you know, I think about when my kids make a mistake or when they do something, whether it's intentional or unintentional, there's a way as a parent that we can come alongside of them and still like, we still want good for them. We still want to help them. We still want to bring them to a place of being restored. And I don't know, that always brings me a little bit of comfort knowing that I can't mess up God's plan. And he already knew anyway, what I was going to choose. You cannot. And that's such a good reminder. I think we learn so much through parenting of God's grace for us and how he can have grace for us because we have that for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when we were deciding whether or not we should put the kids back in school because it's a scary world. And we had a lot of hesitations about that. And again, it wasn't ever part of our plan to homeschool, but a friend of mine said, God is sovereign. So even if they get in and it's a hot mess, yeah, he's with them, mm-hmm. he can redeem this. And it's not permanent. Like you can change your mind and, and it's not pull them out if you need to. Things. I'm always thankful All the things. to be able to take it one year at a time for sure. Yes. Yep. So you just mentioned it's a scary world out there. And it is at the time that we're recording. There's just so much going on in the world with all the Middle East wars and man, some heartbreaking stuff. Yeah. But by the time this releases, it's going to be November. It's Thanksgiving month. And so even with the crazy going on in the world and all the things that we cannot control, I'm just curious, how does thankfulness impact your life and how does it make a difference? Oh gosh, in a massive way. And my thoughts and prayers are with everyone over there. But I have started keeping a gratitude journal. I feel like being able to see the glimmers as my friend, Rebecca calls them just the glimmers of our days, the glimmers of our week. Cause it is so easy to focus on the negative. It is so easy. But when I mentally check that through writing it down, I feel like that shows me in such a tangible way, everything we have to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's like a hot shower, you know, Amen. I think we can just take so much for granted. Mm-hmm. And Living in such tiny quarters, I saw how much we do not need at all because we were 18 months and you're just like, oh my gosh, like we don't need any of this stuff, but Mm -hmm. just thankful for everything, honestly. And that's made a big difference for me. I think the power of the written word is really underestimated for Mm -hmm. our well-being. I love that. I agree that we can take so much for granted. And that is a super powerful practice to remember. Like the blessings that we have and what God has done and even what he's doing today in the little tiny itty bitty ways. And even those things that are unresolved or that, you know, we still have a question mark by just knowing that like he sees that and he's here and he's working in that mess as well. Yes. 
Okay. Well, this has been so good and it's just so relatable and just an everyday way. And I know I'm going to be thinking about it for a while, but I always love to ask our guests if you have any favorite resources, because we all need some good resources in our life. Just anything that you love that you want to pass along. Okay. So I would say a few things. I think when I'm in busy seasons, it's reading one Psalm a day and one proverb a day just keeps me in the word. And it's uplifting. I feel like it's wisdom and hope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like that's what I need more than anything in the world when I'm busy. Yes. Um, I have really enjoyed the Bible recap. I had never gone through. Do you love it too? I love it. Yes. I mean, I've had to really cobble on, but I'm doing it for the third time and I'm a few days behind. But I am on my last day of the Old Testament, and I've never been more ready for Jesus. <laughs> I know that is that not the truth? Because it is dark and it's hard, and yeah. you got to wrestle with some stuff in the Old Testament. And it is yeah. the hope that's on the horizon. I'm so excited for you. I'm very behind, uh, but when I do it, I just get so much out of it. I think she's phenomenal, and I love how she also will say, "Like you're not behind. You're exactly where you need to be." But <laughs> I do. And I need that encouragement. I love her. <laughs> I love her. But yeah, ready for Jesus. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And then um, my favorite devotional is Streams in the Desert. There's a lot of Sturgeon who I love. And it's just, it's very beautifully written mm. and it's always applicable. And there's a morning and an evening devotion for every day of the year. And I can't recommend that enough. I've heard of that, but I've never done it. So I think I need to. It's amazing. And then my book that I'm reading for the second time, and I absolutely love, I feel like I'm a John Mark Comer fangirl, but I love him. And I'm reading Live No Lies. I haven't done that one. I haven't even heard of that one. Oh, it's so good. It's his most recent. What's wrong with me? Yes. (laughs) Most recent, but it's so applicable for today and the world that we're living in as a believer. I mean, he talks a lot about you know, deconstructionism and a lot of the things that we've seen that have been, I think, discouraging for a lot of us, you know, mm-hmm. we've lost a lot of friends that have left the church. And so it's just been a really big comfort to me and just, it's wonderful. He is an amazing writer and he's so personable and relatable. And he says things that I'm like, oh, that's exactly right. But I've never been able to articulate that before. Yes. I love it. And I'm sure you've read Elimination of Hurry too. Yes. Love that. And have you done Garden City, I assume? I have the book, but I need to. We, we literally, John Mark Comer, it's your fangirls here. <laughs> yes. I need to read it. So I would recommend, I mean, like if you're a read the actual physical book, awesome. I listen to Garden City and it's okay. his voice and the way that he explains things. And it was just perfect for a road trip. So, well, Jen, I just got an email saying that I have two audible credits. Come so. on. It's your time. <laughs> you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to read. Tell me again what the book was that you just called. Live No Lies. Live it's No Lies. Excellent. I'm on excellent. it. I have a credit too. So okay. I need to decide if I want to buy the book or listen. Yeah, we'll have to message after because they're both, I know they're both so good. Perfect. Anything else? Any other resources? Those are the ones that I wrote down. I'm sure I have millions, but I love anything Lisa Turkhurst writes. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, she's another one that I just go to again. I read her book, Boundaries, over the last year, which really helped with that situation I was talking about. And talk about someone that's writing from the middle of messy. From the middle. You know? I'm always just super inspired by how she can do that. But at the same time, I think that's why it's so impactful because she is in the nitty gritty of what's really going on. Yeah. 
And I think a lot of people are there. And so it's real easy to read a book that's tied up with a bow, mm-hmm. but that's just not reality for most people. Exactly. She's wonderful. Was there anything from boundaries that helped you with that relationship in your life? Oh yeah. I mean, setting them for one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that boundaries can be loving. I would through boundaries, I've been able to forgive this person and even love this person. And if I had not set distance and space um, between us, and I mean, and I'm talking about like blocking, you know, like literally no contact for months. Um, I wouldn't be able to, to say that. I don't think, I Mm -hmm. think I would have stayed in the anger phase of grief and I didn't want to stay there. So I'm really grateful Mm-hmm. Because it feels cruel, I think, in the moment when you, you know, don't allow someone to have access to you. Yeah. But you said in the moment. So I'm guessing in that that didn't last forever. Correct. Okay. It's it's come and gone, but it allows me to to keep loving them, which is important. For sure. Okay. Well, as we wrap up and you have just been amazing, you're so darling. And I guess before we move on to a final word, I should say everyone go follow Leslie. She's amazing. She's so inspiring and you'll just want to be your friend and you just bring joy and all kinds of goodness. And so as we wrap up, would you just leave us with a final word of encouragement or advice or just whatever it is that you haven't said that you really want to say? Well, thank you so much for those kind words and you are a joy to me. And I'm so glad that we got to spend this little morning time together. I know. Um, I would say the final word of encouragement is to know that God isn't finished with you. I think that we sometimes think that God doesn't see us and he doesn't hear us and he doesn't hear our prayers and that what we do on a daily basis doesn't really matter. And I think that we're all, especially as mothers, I know you have a lot of people that listen to your podcast and not everyone's a mother, but I believe that mothers come in many, many forms. For sure. But we have such an opportunity every single day to minister to the people around us. And I think that, you know, when we look at all of these people that are hurting, there's such a lack of love in the world. And so anything that we do, whether it's changing a diaper or making a cup of coffee for her husband in the morning, I think it means so much. And so don't think that what you're doing doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's a good reminder for me today. <laughs> me too, girl. So thank you for <laughs> encouraging me personally. And I'm super grateful that we got connected at the beach and that I get to be encouraged by you all the time. So I love it. So appreciate you coming on and giving us some of your time. Oh, well, I'm so honored when you reached out. I was like, oh my gosh, that'll be so fun. I'm seriously so excited to get to be a part of it. All right, y'all. All the ways to find Leslie and all the other resources mentioned are linked in the conversation notes. You can subscribe to the podcast for free, however you like to stream, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. And you can connect with us on Instagram at the Messy Table Podcast. But as you head back into your week, don't forget that one, we are super thankful for you. And two, remember that yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.